All right, I'm back. How how the fuck do we do this thing again? I forgot. Well, uh, usually we say hello, but we're, <laughs> we've already we've already been hanging out here for a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, I originally came here to pick up my dog, so if you hear excited dog movement, it's because he hasn't seen me in a week. Yeah, he's. I guess what is he doing now? Napping. He's actually on, passed out on the floor, so I oh, think we're good. All right, good. He uh, doesn't want to hear what we're talking about today. I guess. <laughs> He's like, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, mm. we want to just dive into it? Let's do it. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about everybody's favorite thing. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I guess it's not really. I, I hope guess not. everyone hates it. Lots of people hate it. Some people love it. Um, it's fascism. Okay, well, I got a spoiler because I'm like looking over your shoulder at like whatever Wikipedia thing you have open. I do see a subtitle called Catholic Church, which is concerning to me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they, it you know it depends on the context as to the relationship between religion and mm, okay. fascism. But sometimes they play nice uh, with each other. I don't like that. Well, it's bad. So that's, <laughs> that's why. But uh, yeah, no, that was that's specifically about referring to Italy. Mm, okay, they're going to be a big topic here. Okay, great. I mean, not great again. <laughs> okay, um, can we play Christine makes wild guesses? Yes, we can always do that. Okay, great. That's like the theme <laughs> of the show. I'm going to give what I think the definition is, and then you tell me the definition? Yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you the definition. I can give you kind of my ideas on it. Mm, okay, there's not like one big definition? No, it's very hard to say. Uh, Ian Kershaw, who's like a preeminent historian of Nazi Germany, uh, says trying to define fascism is like trying to nail jelly to a wall. Ooh, yeah. It's That's difficult. visceral. And there's, yeah, there's just a lot of different takes on it and so my own take is kind of a fusion of different things so i don't purport to to tell you <laughs> yeah you got it right or no you got it wrong okay. but i'm interested to hear your side all right here's what i know about fascism usually involves like a dictator kind of situation okay the government is like in control of everything mm -hmm. and they usually are very mean and racist and like doing war i think okay yeah that's a, good... <laughs> that's a really basic answer i wanted to cover as much as possible i think that yeah that does that covers a lot of the basis that i've got here okay uh, so yeah i did a bunch of reading on this and got like a bunch you know kind of cobbled together from you know various wikipedia articles and other sources and whatnot kind of some of the characteristics of it shall we say grady's rules for fascism <laughs> yeah lists of qualities basically uh, so one is it's hyper-nationalist, mm. all right? So it's, it's just super-nationalist. Our country or our people are superior Yeah, is yeah. kind of the context there. Um, it tends to see the current state of things as degenerate in some way. Like So they're like kind of reactionary. Yeah, uh, they, they kind of want the nation to have some sort of a rebirth. Uh, yeah. Good old days kind of thing? Maybe the good old days, but like beyond that even. Mm, like okay. if you have some sort of founding myth or some sort of glory to look, glorious past to look at, mm -hmm. not just like, you know, 50 years ago or whatever, sometimes maybe, but not just like back when we were kids or something, but like, you know, the heroic days. Okay, gotcha, sort gotcha. of building on that and more than just restoring that like obviously people don't want to go to the medieval times or something <laughs> more than just restoring that it's like building a new 
a brave new world or whatever, mm-hmm. but on those old values. Okay, okay. And uh, one of the big things that they think about that degeneration or that decadence is that it's due to like the nefarious actions of your enemies mm-hmm. and the like kind of stupid or clumsy uh, allowing of those enemies to do that by the people currently in power. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of like Nazi Germany had the whole degenerate art show mm-hmm. um, and they paired that very closely with like obviously anti-Semitism. And then there was also lots of talk about like degenerates in terms of like, why are there gay people? Like yes. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, the Degener- degenerate art show. Did they just like actually show the art? Yeah, so <laughs> it's really funny. I don't know the story perfectly, so pardon me if I get it wrong. But from what I recall... They were like, let's do an art show to make fun of all this terrible art. And then it was like the coolest art show ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, they tried to make it really bad. They like packed the walls. So it was like a really uncomfortable like space, you know, like they didn't give anything its own breathing room mm, or anything okay. like that. It wasn't a nice art gallery, but it was yeah. just like there. Like they tried to do a bad job, but then it was like, well, you actually got all the coolest artists together. So like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> all the hipsters show up like, yeah. damn, this is cool. This bro. is awesome. <laughs> the government let us in for free. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. Most of the time when you see fascism, uh, its enemies are, they, they kind of share common enemies. Mm-hmm. Communists. Yeah. Or we're socialists. always against those. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of like the chief antagonists, the barbarians at the gate coming to destroy civilization. I mean, that's what they think. You know, okay. Right? Yeah. So they, they say <laughs> the, these communists, these socialists, they are the reason they're actively trying to mm-hmm. subvert everything. Right. Okay. Uh, then you have liberals. Um, and this is not like American liberal, but just like anyone in like bourgeois democracies, okay. right? Um, like classical liberals too. So anybody who's like pro-parliamentarian stuff yeah, or yeah. like pro-democracy, things like that, they see these guys as like the idealistic losers um, who weakened society enough to get to this dangerous point. Okay. So you know? like fascism doesn't fuck with democracy pretty much at all? Right. Uh, it does not like democracy yeah yeah uh conservatives and monarchists they don't really like them either Mm. uh, because these people you know they their fault was giving up enough ground to the liberals to let them give society away to the communists okay so they see them as like weak to have lost power in the first place right yeah they should have quashed this stuff when they had the (laughs) chance but now they're kind of like old you know aristocratic foppishness or whatever like they, mm-hmm. they can't be saved they can be used maybe you can okay. ally with them but they're not where it's at anymore okay we're past that you also have a category of like um you were saying with degenerate like people even mm-hmm. or how they would categorize it as the nazis would use this phrase anyway uh, useless eaters Whoa, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gonna start calling my cats that. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, honestly, we're like pro-useless eaters. Like, yeah, be a useless eater. Yeah. Um, we, you don't have to have any value to anyone but yourself. You yeah, know? it's just such a harsh wording. Yeah, these guys are, well, you know, because they suck. They, they categorize us as people with disabilities, obviously. Jesus. Um, people who are too old to work. But also things we might agree with, like uh, rentiers, like... Uh, you know, people like landlords, like landlords essentially, okay. or uh, or speculators, people who weren't like doing anything in the economy. Yeah. Okay. You know, they said these guys are just kind of leeching. You know, the Nazis would introduce, you know, that that would kind of get into, kind of bleed into their anti-Semitic, uh, like yeah. global banking conspiracy thing. But it wasn't like that's not 
the Nazi anti-Semitism part is more unique to them. Mm-hmm. It's not universal. Uh, but there oftentimes is sort of an inferior race thing involved in some way. Yeah. It's not always at the heart of it, I found. Um, especially, like, if you look at the Italian thing, it's kind of, like, almost added on later. As an <laughs> oh, yeah, we forgot to, to be racist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and especially with, like, they don't do any anti-Semitic laws until later. Once, hmm. Once the Germans are, like... Once Nazi Germany is in charge, basically, and then they're like, okay, well, fine. Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> they they kind of go along with it. I mean, it's still bad. Yeah, very bad. But it's not. it wasn't like their idea, I Interesting. guess. Okay. But usually, especially modern times, some sort of extreme racism is there. Definitely, uh, yeah. In the mix. Like yeah. neo-fascists or whatever. So those are all the, like, enemies mm-hmm. on the enemies list. So tag yourself. We're the communists <laughs> and the degenerates. Yeah, for sure. I am a communist degenerate. New <laughs> new Instagram handle. Uh, and it's summer vacation now, so I'm definitely in the useless eaters category. <laughs> Same here. Just been on vacation for over a week. And inferior races. We, also, we yeah. check a lot of boxes here. <laughs> Great. Good job. <laughs> uh, so fascism, one other thing about it is it tries to position itself as in the third position. Okay. So it's saying that we're neither left nor right. We're above that. And oh, they don't mean like off. they're not like trying to do centrism. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which it sounds, you know, to our ears that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it does. But they're trying to say like, no, we do a little of each one and we're like kind of beyond that. In saying that, well, some of the things that they want, like you said, a dictatorship, mm-hmm. some form or fashion, a totalitarian government. Yeah. So super strong government that protects the nation from it's from threats, external, other countries, or internal, all those list of enemies we were yeah. saying. So I have a question. Yeah. So um, if we picture our classic political quadrant chart, yeah, are they on there? Uh, yeah. So it depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> uh, the orthodox interpretation of like, if you look at political compass beams or whatever, mm-hmm. right, they're going to be off center, which is uh, up at the top of the graph in the middle. Okay. Between the left and the right, so they get that part, and then they're square in the middle. That's where people on, you know, people tend to put, like, the Nazis or whatever. Okay. Uh, and you can kind of argue that. I, I would kind of push them further right and say that they talk a big game about, you know, socialism and stuff like that, and sometimes they do a little bit of it. Yeah. But the way they do that is super, you know, racist. <laughs> Um, and, and super, like, it's still in support of, like, the nation state more so than the people that it doesn't, to me, equate, like, leftism. Yeah, because if you think about, like, true socialism, if you're actually providing for people, that means all the people. You don't get to pick which ones. Mm-hmm. And then also, if you think about the opposite of that, if their main focus is supporting the state, like, we know, as people who have done our anarchist reading, like, the state is imperialist and racist and, like, very bad. Yeah, and it's in the interest of private property, like, yeah, and these yeah. guys really aren't against that. Uh, basically, they want capitalism to still be there, mm-hmm. uh, but, like, under the control, under the guidance of the government. Like, okay. y- you can't go doing your big corporation thing in a way that screws over the state. The so yeah. you still have to pay your taxes and shit. Right. And like, if we're in a war, you have to stop doing whatever and you have to start making tanks or okay. whatnot. You know, you have to channel your desire to make profits. That has to be secondary to the national interest. Hmm. Uh, 
but I mean, they're still fine with like with these huge titans of industry. Um, and in terms of society, like if we get into the socialism aspect of like, do they provide for their people? Well, not just that, they because they will they will provide for their people. Like, if you meet the qualification, if, <laughs> if you're, you're the people, right? <laughs> Especially in the Nazi sense. They yeah. had, you know, social services and whatever, but you had to, like, be Aryan. Mm-hmm. But their view of society is they see the nation state as this organic whole entity. Take, we're all a family here mm. and oh, no. nationalize that. Okay. Like, that's kind of how they see it. Because, yeah, a lot of them do have, like, father metaphors, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, fatherland and mm-hmm. things like that's, you know. They believe in the inherent inequality of people. And so, therefore, they think, you know, there should be stations in life. There should th- These classes, okay. they should exist. There should be superiors and inferiors. And they should not be struggling. Like, they, they don't deny that there are classes, but they... They want to lean into that? Yeah, they support class collaboration. Okay. Um, so, they say, employers and employees, they shouldn't fight against each other. They should work together for the good of the nation. Okay. I mean, that makes sense if you think about it. If you have a group of people that, like, hate people with disabilities or, like, people of different races, like, they think those traits about people are, like, inherent. Yeah. So they're like, well, they can never, you know, change or provide or do whatever they want them to do. Mm -hmm. People cannot change or people are who they are or who they look like. Yeah. It's it's determined already. Yeah. 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 So, and, you know, getting back to how this is definitely not socialist, even when they try to say, oh, we're the National Socialist Party Ugh. or whatever. Bad branding for us, honestly. We should, we should have sued them for libel. Well, it's terrible, yeah. And and, and people always like to throw that out there. You're mm-hmm. right-wing types. They're like, well, didn't, don't you see it? It's their name. <laughs> and you're like, well, they didn't, you know, they're not actually <laughs> they didn't doing do it. it. Yeah, because we're, you know, we don't want classes to collaborate because we understand that what they actually mean is get back to work, work harder. Like when they're saying, oh, we're all going to work together. That just means the working class is going to get crushed into subservience. Yeah. You're, it's not working together. It's working for somebody. Yeah. Uh, and then you also mentioned, right, they want to conquer or they want to expand. Yeah. Right. Uh, dominate as much as possible. They have this idea of like the will to power. They kind of see everything as like a law of the jungle might makes right. Okay. Do, sort of do like all of them like try to expand and shit or are there isolationist examples uh i guess it does depend on the context neo-fascists especially don't always lean on that they're not always like let's go conquer the world (laughs) that was more of a initial fascist party guys did that but they are in in terms of like being super pro their country super pro nationalists when they see an opportunity to you know that expansion would be a good thing they don't say oh no but we shouldn't take over a country because that's mean yeah. or because that breaks the laws they don't care <laughs> they would be like oh, this is good do yeah. it <laughs> uh quick aside do you remember this painting from one of our history episodes whoa yeah yeah so the fast dog yeah fast dog <laughs> it's called dynamism of a dog and i i don't know i this is just a plug i guess for taking an art history class because what's great about that is you learn to associate different art movements with different periods in history and that's a fascist dog (laughs) because (laughs) that dog is an example of futurism which Mm. is obsessed with building on the future and like movement and industry and And violence yeah yeah (laughs) like chaos and violence and Mm -hmm. and whatever means necessary so uh anyway (laughs) that's good fascist dog they will 
they will be mentioned, the oh, futurists. Okay, great. Uh, all right, so that's sort of my categories, or like, uh, not categories. That's sort of my... Easy tips for fascism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What to look for. <laughs> How to spot a fascist. It, uh, you might be a fascist if... <laughs> but yeah, that's those are kind of the characteristics, that's the word. There you go, you got it. <laughs> it's been a week, guys, so yeah. we're out of practice. <laughs> all right. How did we come up with something so stupid? Yeah, where'd it come from? I mean, that's that's why I started thinking about fascist dogs. I'm like, well, when did this show up? Probably around that time, maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah, its roots are super complex to kind of mm, do too deep of a dive on. Like, okay. we don't really want to get all the way into it. I also know that, like, in like ancient Rome, they had the fasci, right? Yeah, the yeah. big bundle of sticks mm-hmm. that's still on all of our shit. It's that totally is... cool and chill. It's, yeah, so, like, everybody was like, swastika, you can't do that anymore. But the fascist symbol, like... That's fine. The, the, yeah, the, the symbol of the origins of fascism, that one's still okay for some reason. That's cool. That's an interesting story. So, yeah, in ancient Rome, they had these, like, traveling kind of Judge Dredd-type figures that mm. would carry around a fascist. Just a big bundle of sticks. Yeah, and, and so you could use that to, like, lash people... And then you could use, like, the, the axe part of it to execute people. Okay, so <laughs> I've never actually inspected these too closely. Is it, like, you just hit them with the whole bundle, or do you no, take out No, I think you sticks? would take out sticks. Okay. And then, so, you know, if you break it on somebody's back or whatever, you have, you have more. more sticks. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, yeah, well, it's ancient Rome, so. Yeah, rough times. <laughs> uh, but that was, that's kind of where that comes from. That's, and that's where you get the term fascist is from that. And the, the symbolism of the the mm. bundled sticks is like this whole strength and unity yeah, idea. Yeah. Which sounds cute, but it's not. Right. It's dark side that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's dark side solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> dark side solidarity. That's just imperialism. <laughs> okay. So the origins. Like we said, too many. And you can't really get into like historical precedents of it because it's like, well, like the Roman Empire, like yeah, you know, you can go really too far back, um, and historians can point to a lot of proto-fascist kind of governments, but we're just going to go like, okay, modern, yeah, the origins of like the first fascist party, and maybe okay. how that spreads to other places, but not not too much on that. Basically, where did it come from? What ideas went into the vile mixing pot <laughs> that births this? Okay? How many drinks did they have? <laughs> yeah. So the first thing I want to bring up is something called Findus Jekyll. Okay. What is that? It's French. Um, French? That okay. Was... Let me see. I don't want to try. Okay. I've been reading a lot of Poirot. Fin de siècle. All That's right. a guess. All right. <laughs> Probably more correct than me. I don't know. You just sound dramatic. That's my secret. <laughs> All right. Uh, this was an intellectual or literary movement. Um, end of sickle. End of the cycle. Yeah. Hey. So it's actually the end of the 19th century. Okay. Yeah, almost like millenarian sort of thing mm, of like yeah. the world's about to change. <laughs> right. Um, it's kind of a feeling or, or even an artistic sort of movement too. Yeah. I think I've heard of this. Uh, it was a big revolt against like materialism, rationalism, mm-hmm. democracy. All anything. the enlightenment shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They were like, this is messed up or this has kind of degraded society. Okay. Um, bourgeois society has become decadent. It's crumbling into oblivion. Uh, shit is getting really, really bad. And eventually we're going to need to make a clean break, make some big, bold restructuring of everything. Great. It's not openly fascist, really. And it's not even that bad of an idea. It's not. I think they just went 
they saw the problem and then went the wrong way. Yeah, or it it kind of plants some of the wrong seeds for people. Mm, you know, okay. Some people like I don't think that idea is really inherently bad, but it gets people more willing to to jettison things that might have some good to them, like democracy. You know, like <laughs> you don't don't like go again. you know throw out everything right like and, and that's not to say bourgeois democracy is is what we want but like build on it rather than destroy you know yeah yeah destroy it and go backward yeah <laughs> um so that's one another one is social darwinism oh i don't like that no what's social darwinism that's whenever you're like fucking survival of the fittest like your place is is deserved that kind of shit yeah it sucks um Don't it's do just that. a perversion of of darwin's you know th- that came out in 1859 origin of species yeah um so it's we're still in that kind of time that late uh 19th century uh yeah survival of the fittest kind of transposed onto the whole world ends mm-hmm. up being like well nations have sort of a survival of the fittest too. Your strongest nations are, are going to dominate, and it kind of feeds into the overall overall nationalist. Yeah, and like eugenics approach. too, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's another thing. I didn't really trace the history of like eugenics and shit. It's a whole. We can do that an, could episode be an episode yeah. on that. I'm just gonna kind of toss that in once the Nazis get on the stage. They're the ones that run with that. Okay. Uh, but Boy. but yeah, like you said, people deserve their station or their class. Um, it's very anti-egalitarian. Okay. Another intellectual idea around this time, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, is something called integral nationalism. Okay. Uh, which was French. Uh, this was this guy Charles Moreau or Maurras. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, was this French reactionary guy? He was monarchist even. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but he was super nationalist. And the thing that, that, that fascism gets from him is this idea of the organic unity of a nation sort okay. of thing under a powerful leader. His was a monarch. They're going to say, well, you know, yeah. want monarchy, but they do want, you know. Strong guy. A, a strong guy at the top. Yeah. Guy Take care of me, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he was one who kind of says, like, the nation's a family. And, mm, you know, okay. we, we all have play, roles to play and that sort of thing. Okay. There's also a kind of weird syndicalist element. Really? Yeah, so we like... I like those usually. Yeah. Uh, and and this very strange guy, uh, Georges Sorel, okay. uh, was sort of mm, responsible for this kind of weird syndicalist angle. Okay. Uh, he was originally a good kind of, you know, syndicalist, general strike sort of guy. Yeah. Um, and he kind of goes to the right wing for a while. And says, like, you know, revolutionary, like, anarchist syndicalism and all that. Maybe it's not going to work. Maybe we need, like, a sort of a political uh, religion, a revolutionary political religion. Some sort of ideal or or something to kind of zealously drive Mm. us forward to get shit done. It's almost like Dark Side Vanguard Party. Yeah, in a way. Um, And he kind of blends, tries to blend this with... Charles Moros's uh, nationalism, uh, and, and, and you know, says like maybe we should go for the nation state. Like maybe mm, we, you know, okay. that's what we should do. Kind of do this strong leader thing. He eventually realizes that's stupid, <laughs> Oops. Um, and and becomes like a supporter of the Bolsheviks. Okay, stuff good. By the end wow. Of his life. So a real roller coaster that guy. Yeah, geez, he just <laughs> went on a bender for two weeks and then was like, what? What happened? What did I write? Oh no, I made a pamphlet. <laughs> 
Okay, you ever but... do that? You wake up and you've written a terrible <laughs> pamphlet. You know, oh, no, did I post that? How many Fuck. people saw that? <laughs> okay, but like that is a wild turn. Like mm-hmm. yeah. we're joking, but like I understand again the the impulse to say like, well, this is too slow. We need like a something strong to cut through it. Mm-hmm. But then to put that power in nationalism, which has historically not been a great place yeah. to find equality. That's rough. Well, yeah, in modern times, it's easier to see that, maybe. Yeah, Nationalism yeah. was just sort of getting its heyday. That's true, because, like, if you think back to, like, a lot of... Sorry, I'm, I guess I'm slightly buzzed because I keep making these artistic connections. <laughs> if you think back to, like, a lot of the great composers, they were, like, super nationalists. Like, Chopin and all that. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to go back to, like, Polish folk music. Fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That was the hot thing to do. True, yeah. I don't know if it was Polish. It might have been Czech. Please don't at me. Speaking of which, I'm going to get a drink. Get a drink. Yeah, Join me. Yeah, I got to. All right, so we just finished with George Sorrell, right? yeah, yeah. George's, not George. I thought if it's French, you go George, but I, probably, I don't know. Probably. Again, I am just taking this dramatic. from Poirot. Um, all right, next up is the Italian Nationalist Association. Okay, sounds These bad. Guys, uh, yeah, they rejected bourgeois values, which... That sounds good, but... but what they mean is democracy. That's bad. Okay. Liberalism, pacifism, uh, internationalism, and of course, everyone's favorite, Marxism. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so they were like, no, Marxism sucks. All these things suck. They saw humans as naturally predatory. So that sort of social Darwinism, you know, struggle of nations, survival of the fittest sort of thing. They promoted heroism, vitalism, and violence. Sorry, what? They wanted everyone to be an action hero. Everybody is the Avengers now. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, they were kind of wild in that sense. Uh, they Did saw, they like only eat raw meat and shit like that? <laughs> eat, eat, what is it? Eat raw meat and get buff, and yeah, eat raw meat and get, get buff. buff. That's that Lennon's was, rules. Yeah, Lennon. Um, <laughs> so maybe he, you know, came across some of this. I don't <laughs> know. That's cool. But they also saw nations as like organic entities. They also introduced this idea of like seeing entire nations as either proletarian or bourgeois, mm. which is stupid. That is stupid. Because <laughs> you <laughs> like have different classes in the nations yeah but they were like no 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 so that's Italy. totally though how a lot of people think the world works that's right. good good guy bad guy countries right yeah like yeah. everybody's on the same team somehow in that yeah. country it's like dude are you fucking kidding me yeah so yeah they were like italy proletarian nation we're cool you know <laughs> and we're common folk and we're good and then you have these bad plutocratic nations mm. like france and britain you know okay. they're bad I mean, they are bad but not everyone there is just bad yeah <laughs> everyone there oh that's good and then uh you have futurism you mentioned that mm, yeah yeah uh this art movement uh, mm-hmm. that you know more about <laughs> i don't know what is the so what's the art side of it uh the art side was really trying to capture movement in painting mostly also sculpture mm-hmm. um so like there's also this kick-ass uh like bronze statue of like a guy and it looks like he's like whooshing behind him it's pretty oh, cool okay like it's cool yeah <laughs> but it also is fashy like it's the idea of like moving forward at all costs i think would okay. be a good way to put it this is for read for readers uh for <laughs> listeners who want more information on this we covered this in was it the russian constructive it one? was because okay. it eventually influenced it for okay. sure all right Aside from the art side of it, mm-hmm. uh, there was also a guy named Filippo Tommaso Marinetti okay. uh, who wrote something called the Manifesto of Futurism. Mm. 
which kind of, glo- well, which did explicitly uh, <laughs> glorify violence and war. Um, they also kind of, uh, in him specifically, he later goes on to author the fascist manifesto. He becomes just a straight up fascist. And there's like, some it's, it's not the entire art movement i'm not going to say that yeah but there were elements of the art movement some people went in a fascist direction eventually for sure and i, I think too a lot of it was about like using this new industrial strength to like empower your country or whatever like yeah. to like take over shit yeah and they they kind of some of these guys who did that wanted to uh change like education and teach boys more like how to be soldiers more <laughs> so than scholars or whatever they were all about like Let's go do this big war thing. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think about. That is nuts. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. This is a really big question. All right. <laughs> okay. Easy. Yeah, get the wine. <laughs> so, like, there's a lot of Italians in this. Uh-huh. What's the historical context behind that? Why are they feeling like, oh, we're we're all poor and we need to fight for something better? Like, what was going on then that made that happen? Uh, the construction of italy in the first place okay like the like the unification of it was a fairly modern that was in the 1800s that's really late yeah okay so you know you had different kingdoms or whatnot uh but you didn't have italy itself as a nation state till then and so they're very much on the forefront of like the rise of nationalism and things is that 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 like had just happened essentially okay they they along with the other nations of europe were kind of doing this you know nationalism thing of like we want to kind of bite and claw for our stake you know there was the big scramble for africa Mm -hmm. in terms of um you know brutal colonization and imperialism Uh, but there was also just like a, a geopolitical contest you know who's the biggest kid on the playground kind of brewing leading up to world war one yeah that, I think that's the main part of it is that they they had uh, just gotten together, so they're like, all right, we got to stay together. And they're kind of yeah, they're kind of forging their national identity. What are we going to be like? Mm-hmm. Ha- what does it mean to be Italian? That sort of thing. Other countries were experiencing that too, um, but as, uh, I think we're going to find, especially that World War One is going to play the big role for sure in kicking all this off. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So all those bad ideas. <laughs> Well, I mean, even the futurists, that's not all bad. I, you know, the art stuff was Some cool. Some of it was cool. Yeah. And, you know. Most of it was bad. Yeah. Most of that stuff we just talked about, not great. Uh, fin de sequel, that was, that was okay. Yeah. Uh, but all that bruise, and eventually we're going to see the rise of the first real fascist party, which is, I guess, who we'll focus on. Okay. Uh, as far as the origin story uh, in Italy. Uh, World War One, friend of the show. Uh <laughs> Causes a big split in the socialist parties all over the world. We God talked about that, right? Yeah, every time. Every fucking time of those wars. In Italy, same thing. The Italian Socialist Party. They actually stay opposed to the war. Okay, good job. And they kick out members who support the war, do which those, some of them did. Do those turn fascist? Yeah. No, come on, guys. <laughs> uh, including, uh, yeah, the up until that point, dedicated socialist Benito Mussolini. What? Yeah. Oh, my god. Benito really interesting. I, like, I hadn't really read about this guy before. Um, a little bit, you know? Yeah. But I hadn't really dove deeply into it. But this guy was, his, his father was an out-and-out socialist. Huh. Uh, he was named, like, Benito, and I forget his middle two names, but, like, Benito after Benito Juarez in Oh, Mexico. okay, yeah. Because I, I love the name Benito because I associate it with Benito Juarez, and I always mm-hmm. want to name things that, and I'm like, well, people are going to think it's the other one. <laughs> 
Yeah, so he's kind of an asshole for ruining Yeah, it. what the um, fuck? But his other two middle names are like after Italian socialists. Mm. Um, he grew up, like, you know, initially his first forays into politics were as a socialist. He was getting jailed for that shit. What the fuck? Um, yeah, no, I mean, he even uh, apparently was introduced to Lenin at some point. Uh, and then Lenin later is like writing to the Italian communists. Like, How the fuck did you guys lose <laughs> Mussolini? What the, what the fuck? That guy was on our side. What the fuck? Um, but... I, I don't want to be too great man about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. We understand. Uh, if it hadn't have been him, it would have been somebody else. For sure. But World War One, you know, we said it was caused by ra- rising nationalism, and it fuels even more nationalism. Like, in the lead up to that, and once it first breaks out, everybody's going crazy. They're like, damn, man, like, let's do whatever we can. I mean, we shouldn't say everybody, obviously. There yeah. were anti-war activists, but lots of people were like, let's, let's, fucking let's do it. jump on board. <laughs> yeah. It's like when, you know, when you see the outbreak in Ukraine and everything, or back when there was the invasion of Iraq, like any of that stuff. Oh, yeah. People get super nationalist and super like, let's go, America, <laughs> you know? That's what they were doing. Yeah. Even socialists like Mussolini got caught up in this. Mm-hmm. And so he basically abandons, and, you know, people like him, they abandon the idea of class struggle and socialism altogether. What the fuck? They're new ideal their new cause is the nation like they they see that as more important than anything it's the principle of organizing humans at that point is the nation state wow okay uh so freshly drummed out of the socialist party because he was pro-war uh mussolini uh and some other kind of assholes uh formed something called the faccio de azione revolutionari okay fascist action yeah, the, the, the Fascists or League of Revolutionary Action. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that was in 1915. This eventually becomes the National Fascist Party okay. uh, in Italy. This, <laughs> there is kind of a, a, a funny, embarrassing side note here. <laughs> Mussolini was, of course, like getting money from arms companies because he's like pro-war trying to get Italy into the war. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, yes, please do that. They're yeah, giving him money. Yeah, great. Uh, he was also apparently getting funded from pro-war French socialists who wanted Italy to join, you know, the war on France's side. Okay. Which they eventually do, but they really get a bad payback in World War II yeah, for that. that's rough. <laughs> yeah, not a good one. Anyway, these were the real, the first kind of real fascist party yeah. that we have. Their big thing, so they were pretty like poorly organized at first. Didn't have a big set of beliefs. They were just like you know super just some war guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> war guys. Uh, they didn't like you know socialist internationalism sort of thing. Okay. They were a fairly small group. I couldn't find like the exact numbers. Just that they were small. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, they go out trying to recruit, trying to organize out in the streets. That's what you did. You can, you know, you could pamphlet and you could <laughs> pamphlet go your out way the into power. Yeah, uh, the socialists went out and basically bullied these guys. <laughs> Fuck uh, yeah! They, you know, they they just picked fights. <laughs> Both sides were were <laughs> fighting in the streets. Um, and this kind of really, because at first it's sort of an like almost a factional thing, mm-hmm. right? but but like this kind of pushes Mussolini and the and the fascist group to be, you know less socialist like yeah. drop all that shit that they used to believe in fast. completely and they're just like no we're gonna be right wing now basically yeah eventually they kind of reform into the fasci italiani di combattimento okay uh, which is the italian fighting bands woof which is like the combat bands basically okay uh 
That's in 1919. And by this point, they just become like right-wing street fighters. Okay, like a, just a paramilitary group, basically. Yeah, slash political activists. Like they're also like running in elections and stuff. <laughs> so you can go vote for your local street fighter, I guess. <laughs> but by this point, they're out there saying, you know, Italy should try to conquer. They called it Spazio Vitale, or vital or living space, mm, which okay. later the Germans would call Lebensraum, the uh, like living space, uh, which mm. is what they tried to conquer in Eastern Europe and stuff to okay. wipe out the people that were there and bring in Germans. Like, Oof, okay. Kind of like a rehash of Manifest Destiny okay, in America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Italians were saying sort of the same thing. Uh, they were like saying we should take this over from inferior cultures. Woof. It was less of a biological racing for them and more just like nations or groups of people. They were like, these guys, they don't have it together. We're better as a country than them. Mm-hmm. We have better ideas uh, or whatever. Yeah. So their targets were like in Yugoslavia and in, in that area and in Africa. Okay. Um, the fascists formed a group called the Squadrismo. Uh, which was a like a fascist militia, mm-hmm. basically that would eventually morph into the black shirts, which oh. was their like stormtrooper guys. Okay, yeah, yeah. And of course, they went around fighting socialists in the streets. Of course. Now, the interesting thing about that tactic, and one of the important like ways that the fascists rose to power, uh, is that you know they're going out there starting and provoking these fights, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. They're, they're going out there saying, "Hey, there's a socialist. Let's get him." Get him. You know. And the socialists were like fighting back and trying to trying to stop these guys from, you know, exterminating them and stuff. Who got blamed? Well, yeah, that's the thing is the government doesn't really do anything to stop it. Okay. The government is like sitting back watching basically because uh, they're kind of weak. And okay. so it lowers their credibility. More people start turning to, hey, I'm going to join with the socialists mm-hmm. or with the fascists or whatever. Uh, and the government eventually is scared. Who are they scared of? Not the fascists. Uh, they are scared of this kind of rising leftist tide. Mm. Because they see kind of whose interests, you know, are served. Yeah. Uh, there's especially an interesting time period, 1919 and 1920, called the Bieno Russo, uh, the two red years. Yeah. Uh, which is like a wave of revolutionary strikes and factory occupations throughout Italy. Whoa. That terrifies the shit out of the government. <laughs> So do they side with the fascists? So they say, yeah, these fascists who have essentially provoked the situation to begin with, they're the cause of the street violence. Can you guys please help protect us? Uh, You know, defend law and order for us, please. Even though, again, they're the main instigators of the violence. Yeah, so I don't know. I find that an interesting... That is really interesting. Oh, that is icky. (laughs) Of course, you know, law and order (laughs) is only important in so much as it protects right. The interest of capital. That's, yeah. That's what they're after. For sure. But uh, the fascists reform into, from their little combat bands, to be the National Fascist Party. Okay. Now backed by the government. They kind of like had the support of the government. They were they were like armed thugs okay. for a while, but they weren't in power yet. Okay. In the 1921 elections, they win a few seats because they form an al- a formal political alliance with the conservatives. Okay. Uh, and then... Uh, at that point, they're still doing their, like, street violent stuff, <laughs> and nothing's happening to them. Okay, they can just get away with it all. Yeah, and so they're like, why don't we just do a coup? Just, like, take power. No one will fight against us. Right, yeah. What is this government going to do? So they just they just do that. They It's wow. called the March on Rome. It sounds very dramatic. <laughs> it really does. Uh, but it's essentially like a PR sort of thing. Like, okay. they do have 30,000 guys. That's a lot of guys. 
do like a march, a demonstration, you know, seizing key points from nobody. Nobody's like fighting them. Uh, and Mussolini like takes some pictures with them, but then he just goes and like hides in his little base to to communicate, you know, send telegrams or whatever to the government to get them to give him power, basically. Classy. Uh, yeah, but he, he takes some like frowny pictures. He tries to look cool with them. Yeah. Classic. Classic Il Duce behavior there. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they do a demonstration and just say like, hey, we want to take over. And the government, like the liberals and, and whatnot, they're, they're like, they go ask the king, uh, Victor Emmanuel III, they say, hey, can we declare martial law? The fascists are trying to take over. And he says, no, we're not going to do, do that. Oh, my God. For the having to go ask the king, like, hey, I know, I know someone's trying, like, at the door trying to take over. Can we, can we do something about it or no? <laughs> He's like, nah, we can't. No, I'm good. Um, And the prime minister resigned because he was like, well, I'm not just going to sit here and get taken over. Yeah. And so the king says, okay, well, uh, I'm going to make Mussolini prime minister. What the fuck? He just gives power to him. The fascists are able to form kind of a minority government. But then quickly from there, they start changing all the laws and and consolidating power and becoming like a one-party state. That sounds... Horrifyingly familiar. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is thirty thousand guys. I mean, this is <laughs> a, a lot real of guys. organization. They had been doing lots of stuff. I think the situation—it's it's, familiar-ish, but I think there are big differences from what we've seen in recent history. January six, right? Yeah. No, I'm not th- talking about that. I'm just ah, mean like okay. in terms of just the people who are allowed in in Congress in general. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really small party, but, like, everyone is so scared of appeasing them and their base that they'll do anything for them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I would say, though, that their supporters or whatever haven't done the sorts of actions no. that the fascists did <laughs> to, like, make people literally scared of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's more of a weird power. PR scare thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of how they rose to power. Uh, obviously from there and their building up of kind of fascist Italy at first uh, that idea uh, eventually spreads of fascism the Nazi party in Germany develops independently like before you know you at the, at the same time sort of mm-hmm. uh, based on this kind of like idea of being wounded or being like they they come up with this anti-semitic myth of, of being stabbed in the back uh, as their loss for in world war one they say like oh we could have yeah. done it but you know the november criminals they said the, the the traitorous people back home who didn't you know support the war effort or whatever mm. they uh, gave up okay you know and that's kind of part of what fuels it this kind of like anger and resentment in in their veterans ranks and stuff fusing that in with the eugenics uh, anti-semitic theories and everything they end up building the Nazi party. And then when Hitler, who funnily was sent to sent by the government to go monitor and infiltrate this very small <laughs> Germans workers party ends up like just getting involved. just like joining. He's like, Oh, I actually like this. Yeah. He's like, oh, this is okay. cool. And, you know, becomes a member. And then they go on from there to become the Nazi party. Okay. But it's a workers party, but like a bad, a bad one. There were initially branches or like, uh, factions, within it they're all bad because they're all racist racists right yeah that's um, bad that there's no redeeming that but there were more like right-wing factions of it and more left-wing factions of it in terms of economics yeah and again they only wanted to apply this to people of the Aryan race or whatever because yeah. it sucked but 
some of them were more like, hey, let's like, you know, do workers' councils and things like that. Yeah. You know, and redistributive stuff. Okay. Interesting. But eventually they dropped that. Okay. Once Mussolini comes to power, Hitler actually drew inspiration from that. Uh, he <laughs> Love was like, Whoa. How you did that. Yeah, he's like, that's cool. Like, what if I do a coup? And he tried that. <laughs> that's called the Beer Hall Putsch, if you've ever mm, heard yeah, of this. I have. Uh, but it was a failure. Like they, they do this this crappy attempt at a coup. They Hitler gets arrested. You Whoops. know, surprise, surprise, he's treated really nice in prison. I wonder <laughs> why. He's able to write his famous book in there, mm-hmm. Mein Kampf, and kind of hit the ground running after that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we don't have to get into the history of every single fascist party. I just kind of wanted to cover, like, the rise of the first one, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. its origins. Yeah, and how it influenced, like, one of the more well-known ones. <laughs> yeah. All right, what's next? I don't know. You got the doc. <laughs> <laughs> one question I think that often comes to mind as leftists, Mm -hmm. is how to recognize that something is fascist. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that word gets thrown around a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked at the beginning, like, the definition of it is so murky that it's it's hard to tell exactly when one lines up with that or if it's just regular old racism or is racism always fascism or, you know, like, what exactly... Like, I, I think maybe it's good enough to say, well, this has fascist tendencies, you yeah. know, like this aligns with it. So mm-hmm. I, I imagine it's hard to say, like, this is 100% fascist, unless someone's like, I'm a fascist and I wrote this. Yeah, that's one thing to keep in mind, is if someone tells you that they're a fascist... They're defo a fascist, huh? Yeah, yeah, believe them. Like, <laughs> not all fascists identify that way. Mm-hmm. They'll say, oh, I'm not, I'm we'll a nationalist it. or whatever. Yeah, but everybody who identifies as a fascist <laughs> is a fascist. <laughs> yeah, take them at their word. Just, yeah. just punch them and leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, parody, parody. Um <laughs> You're right. We toss that term uh, around a lot, you know, and especially once you first learn about fascism, it's like, oh, okay, so they're the bad guys. They're assholes. They want to control things. So, like, my school must be fascist or, Mm -hmm. you know, my boss must be a fascist or whatever. It's like, they're, they're, maybe they're an asshole. Like, maybe they (laughs) are too bossy or whatever, but it does maybe cheapen the term to kind of overuse it. Yeah. You know, you you don't really want to be a person who cried fascist. (laughs) Well, and it also gets turned around to, like, leftist projects as well. Mm, yeah, like yeah. red fascists. Yeah, saying, saying, like, that. well, you know, if, if fascism is about totalitarianism and dictatorships, like, you gotta look at communism then. Right, yeah. yeah. And they'll, they'll make that, and, you know... Not in, saying I'm a fan of totalitarianism <laughs> and dictatorships. But. Yeah, no, but it, it's an important point to make in terms of certain socialist states in history. There have been... They have shared characteristics, ideological characteristics, and methodological characteristics with, uh, with fascists. It's not to yeah. say that they were fascists because they had different goals. But, you know, having like a vanguard mm-hmm. group of uh, you know, party organization or having a strong centralized authority or whatever. Like these are elements that kind of like you can see the links. Okay. Uh, but... When it comes down to, okay, well, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get all the classes to work together as one big nation. I'm like, okay. <laughs> We're not doing that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the opposite. So Yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing about, like, other forms of government, too. Like, it's not, it's not one characteristic that can make you fascist. Right, yeah. And I think uh, I liked your idea of, like, fascistic tendencies mm-hmm. or elements, maybe. That's a better, a better way to look at it. 
Tips for spotting fascism. What you got? <laughs> okay. If I'm looking at my Pokédex. Yeah, we go. So we go back to those original kind of that original characteristics, right? Yeah. So is it super nationalistic? Are you saying like we're better than everybody else? Mm-hmm. We're the best nation, or definitely we're the best race? Like, ugh. Oh yeah. You know? um, or is it saying classes should collaborate? You know, one big happy family. Here we all are working together for the good of whatever country. Yeah. Right? That's uh, and it's not like I think. Maybe one way to think of it is like a train. You can get off at stations before you get to fascism. Yeah, because, I mean, those things, those two things happen all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can think of that. Nationalism is everywhere in the United States, so, mm-hmm. like, that's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people do. They get off before they get to fascist land. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the direction the train is heading. Yeah, you have to have a few of these, I think. <laughs> yeah. If it's promoting, obviously, like a superior people or race or ethnicity or language, some you know people mm. will say, you know, oh, well, people should only speak English, or whatever, uh, or you know, superior nation, any of those sorts of things. When you look at things that are talking about or policies that are talking about, like a really pro, not pro war, because that's kind of overt. People realize, oh, well, this guy wants to conquer stuff, right? But just yeah. super pro militaristic, yeah, you know, or like. The military should have more power, have more resources. Right. The military should go beyond like a tool for defense. Mm-hmm. Should be more aggressive and proactive. Yeah. Or maybe should even have some sort of a say in how the government works. Like that's very fashion. Yeah, that is. What other things do you think? This one, I don't think it like is always fascist, but again, fascist tendencies, fascist rising. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Uh, just anything that like clamps down on, I would say individual rights would be pretty fashy to me. Okay. Um, it's weird though because I mean, we've talked about this for conservatives in, in America in general, like pick and choose their individual rights as yeah. as needed. Well, everyone does, I think. I, I mean, think, yeah, we do too. You know, on the left, we can have wildly different stances even within the left on. Oh yeah. Like uh, the right to own a gun. Yeah. Yeah. So which individual rights do you say would be more... I guess kind of going back to that degenerate idea of what they see as like cultural or religious impurity or, or things they see as, as proof of a bad society. I'm thinking trans it's... rights. I'm thinking gay rights. I'm thinking... I mean, those are the two ones that I'm thinking. I'm just because, you know, happy Pride Month, everybody. <laughs> Laws are really bad right now. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of that vibe, I would okay. say. Uh, critical race theory, I think, would fall into that, too, of just, like, we, we're not doing any of that. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, rights of expression, rights, uh, individual rights in terms of, like, how you want to live in the privacy or, or you know, something. Yeah, privacy, say. too, I think, would fall under that. Yeah. Because you hear a lot of people, like, totally yeah. willing to sell out their privacy in favor of the national government. Right. If you have nothing to hide, mm-hmm. you have nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. Which, that's one of those elements, right? So you can say, well, okay, in Soviet Russia, they, you know, had problems in, in terms of protecting people's privacy. Like they didn't, yeah. you know, they had a robust surveillance <laughs> state. And that has happened in other actually existing social states that is like a, you could say, okay, I get why you do it, but I get why America would do it too. It doesn't make it good. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, like, I just, again thinking of recent news like even with abortion like there was a statement from oh gosh 
I want to say it was Alito's statement, maybe. <laughs> um, Alito, okay, we should we need to do this. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and do. Let's do the statement. Okay, first. saying that like taking away abortion denies a national like surplus of babies for people to adopt, and I'm like, that's that's very fascist to me. The idea of like we as a nation need bodies, yeah. you know. Yeah, was gross. I heard about that. Okay, so that's that's natalism, right? Mm, that's yeah. saying we need more babies. More American need... babies is good. Yeah, and that's an extreme form of natalism to say, like the government <laughs> has an interest in, like making people produce children. I mean, they do though. Is the thing they want like little wage slaves? Like... Oh, I mean, I, I know it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not extreme. Like bad to point it out. I know that they want that, but like. It's extreme to say that you want that out loud. <laughs> yeah, and for the government to pursue it, you know, that, that's bad. Uh, that was also an element in fascist Italy. Mm, uh, did they, like, ban birth control or something? I'm not sure they banned birth control, probably, because um, <laughs> they did have a close, uh, it's called the Lateran Treaty, mm. um, a close alliance with the Catholic Church. Yeah, that'll do um, it. Basically, Mussolini was not a religious person, uh, but he made an alliance there kind of an alliance of convenience but this is also part of his broader like in embrace of the right you know it's like these are the guys they're helping me you know and, and well. he's yeah and he's sort of fighting you know kind of trying to be traditionalist and revolutionary at the same time yeah which you need some traditionalist elements I mean, yeah. you, have to, you have to have the catholic church as you're trying to radically restructure the the society but really do it in a very reactionary you know pro authority yeah, which, uh, I mean, makes sense, honestly, if you look at, like, especially, like, the Catholic Church, are very old church institutions, like, they are very hierarchical, mm-hmm. very patriarchal, like, all all the shit that those fools like. <laughs> yeah, and they don't have to be. They don't I have mean, to be at all, but... You know, such a thing as liberation theology. Parts of that are ripe for the picking for them. Yeah, and in particular, their central authority has mm-hmm. been that way. Uh, what were we, So we were saying, though, Mussolini was very natalist. Yeah, like, yeah. So they had, like... The government, you know, giving stipends and stuff to people to have more children. And just like the idea was the larger a population in a nation, the better able they are to expand and to (laughs) conquer other places. Wow. Wow. What was your point about Scalia? Did you have another one or was that it? Oh, not Scalia. He's dead. But, um... Oh. Alito. Alito. I mix those up. I was... I thought it would be interesting to try to rank the Supreme Court justices. As, yeah, which one's the most fascist (laughs) to least fascist? I, I don't know enough about them, bro. Fair enough. All right. another <laughs> I, One for another audience. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I like to pretend they don't exist. That's true. They are the Supreme Court, so... The worst. They're pretty bad in the first place. That should be abolished, right? Like, that's oh, yeah. the weakest left position you can have is abolish the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. Like, why the <laughs> fuck do we have that, guys? Come on. Just a bunch of... If anything, like, the weakest weakest would be like, can we get rid of the fucking four life posting? That's insane. What are they, kings? Yeah. Why do we one's... have nine kings in charge? So that one's bad. I think it's fine. Honestly, it would be fine to have, like, a Supreme Court. The real problem is that, like, our... You know, the Senate, I guess, but... You know, our Congress is so is deliberately built to frustrate any attempts by people to radically change things. Yeah. You think about it. You could just change the laws, change the constitution mm-hmm. or whatever and do things whenever the Supreme court says, Hey, you can't currently do that. You could just change the rules. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but if you it's have both, yeah, if you have both an obstruction of Supreme court and an obstruction of Congress, sorry. All right. Would you rather get rid of 
the Senate or get rid of the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, Senate. I would say Senate as well. Yeah. Because without that, you could more easily... You could just ratify, or you could just you amend could just the Constitution. constitution. And yeah, you like, can just amend. hey, we don't have a Supreme Court anymore. Sorry. Yeah, you could do that. You could. <laughs> we got rid of the president too. We don't need that. Well, they could. They could also just be there and like kind of basically be advisors, right? And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we struck down this law, and you can be like, okay, well, amendment. Now we can do that. <laughs> they're just a reminder to change the rule book at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we do need to update that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but that would. I think that's sort of an interesting prelude maybe to mm. uh our upcoming episode on democracy yeah is like that could get out of hand if people start liking some bad shit that's true very true and then the supreme court i mean because think about it the supreme court in the warren court was out there saying hey actually you can't do school segregation <laughs> Stop hey, being actually, racist. yeah like they were doing these things and everybody was like what uh, you know so it'd be bad complicated but generally they suck yeah yeah I'm, I'm very comfortable with that statement. <laughs> you quote me. Okay, so you hinted at this earlier of some of these fascist projects will sometimes, either from their origins or like they'll throw it in to appease people, uh, do some vaguely socialist projects in terms of like, yeah, we'll feed you, but only if you're like the right kind of people. Mm-hmm. How how has that worked? Has it worked? I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm going to say no, because if you're only feeding like the right kind of people, you're not doing a good job. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the long and the short of it is it's not interested in really uh, not providing for people because it somewhat is. I mean, they do want to keep people alive to go work for them. I was going to say, it's it's like with caveats of like, yeah, we're keeping you alive so you can like go be in our army and die that way. Yeah, it's, okay. it's not interested. I think the key we should focus on is it's not interested in liberating people. Yes, that's right? a good way to put it. So whether you're anarchist or communist, socialist, wherever you're fitting, that's your goal is to liberate people from the shackles of capitalism, Mm -hmm. from the shackles of the state as it's currently built, and we can all agree on that, and giving them complete freedom, you know, anarchist style, or complete freedom of association and all that, Uh, giving them uh, freedom to have like a mass participatory democracy like uh in in like a socialist worker state or something Mm -hmm. that's what you're trying to do you're not trying to you know say hey i give me the power the big strong you know only i can fix it i'll get i'll feed you the scraps that's not what you want you know and that's what the fascists are about what then is their relationship with i guess capitalism because you said that they don't mind it Mm -hmm. that's confusing to me like, why wouldn't, like, the Nazis take over every factory and be like, well, these are all Nazi factories now? They do for a lot of them, but they, uh, like, uh, in key industries and things, they would do that. They would take over some of them. But a lot of times they just found it easier, and they found the capitalists compliant enough uh, to just say, hey, you guys know how to work it. You've been, do- you've been working it. Uh, we'll come kill you if you don't do what we say. But, like, <laughs> uh, you know, keep churning them out. Good luck. Okay. Yeah. Um Okay, and, and then it, it was also just to add this in. It was also kind of symbiotic. So uh, you get uh, Mercedes Benz to churn out your war machine mm-hmm. because they know how to do that. Uh, but you are also helping them. Like you know, you're paying them a lot of money for one, but not too much money because they're not like you know going to rip the government off, or you're going to be mad at them, right? <laughs> but you're also like providing security. You are their strike breakers. Mm. You know, you, okay. you, you're the government is always going to come in on the side of the employers. And yeah, sure. They're going to like 
try to head that off by giving enough to the workers. And this is where they kind of make their leftist claims. It's like, oh, but we have like national workers unions and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it's like, you do kind of appease them somewhat, you know, give them a little bit. But you also will just come in there and break heads. Yeah. If you need it. Okay. Because like something I've heard you say before is that fascism is capitalism with the mask off. Mm, Yeah. Tell me more about that. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I say this is sort of like, it's like, how do we get to fascism? So we've been talking mm. about like the ideology of fascism, but how do you get from a country that's just a, a normal capitalist democratic state to fascism? And I think it's when capitalism is backed up against the wall. Mm. You know, the, the, the capitalists uh, fear for their existence. That's as they what happens in Italy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are are worried about what well, you know. Will there be this red tide that comes and takes our heads off? Uh, and it's the same thing in Germany. In Germany, you had a rising communist party. Uh, you had uh, a socialist party as well. Uh, you had and you had the Nazis. And these guys were the same thing. They were fighting in the streets. Yeah. And the the government in power was afraid. They were afraid of losing of losing their tenuous hold, the old Weimar Republic. Uh, they were afraid that not that you know the fascists would tear things up. Although some people were afraid of that, they were afraid. What would the <laughs> Reds do? Right? They're yeah. going to come in here, Bolshevize the place. They're going to come in here and have our heads on sticks. And so they turn to their what they think is just their like attack dog. Yeah. You know, it's, this is just going to this is going to protect me from the barbarians at the gates, and then you know we'll. We'll be safe. We can manage them. They thought they could manage. You know, the the Italian fascists, the Nazis, the government in power thought we'll be able to handle it's it. It's small you know? enough. It's not a big deal. We can do it. Yeah. Even and the king making Mussolini prime minister, that was of a minority government. He thought that was going to be fine. You know, Jesus. what are these fascists going to do? Yeah. And the answer is they're always going to take over. <laughs> right. But it's the same thing in, in any cases when capitalism feels threatened enough. We've, we've said it before, right, is it's going to do whatever it needs to do. Oh, for sure. And if and they'll use those tools at their disposal, we don't really see it that much, I don't think, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, like really actually strong national fascist organizations. Yeah, they're very yeah. splintered. You have them. I mean, you got yeah. neo-Nazis, you got neo-fascists and stuff, the Proud Boys and everything, they're out there. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. But... Yeah, if we have if we have a listener who is in that organization, <laughs> I don't know how you found us. Yeah, uh, strange, but leave, yeah, leave. I don't want you. They're they're small, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. If they were a major force, if you had in all fifty states or most of the states or whatever, uh, you know, chapters of these organizations with you know that were agitating and starting shit in the streets and all that. Yeah, if you had them hundred thousand strong and. You know, in all this, I guess you'd need millions of this yeah, is a big country. Yeah. Uh, but if you coupled that with like a rising leftist tide for some reason, they, they, you know, and they felt threatened, they would absolutely turn to those uh, fascists to protect them. I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they see them on the same side. We mentioned, you know, Hitler gets to be all nice and cozy in his jail cell, writing mm-hmm. his book. Like who, who gets to do that in prison? <laughs> Right. Or uh, the government. They don't come in and, and try to stop Mussolini and his, his thugs from from they beating just people's give them heads the in. government. Yeah. Why don't they intervene against these guys? Is because they intuit. They realize they're on the same side. Yeah. You know, they're ultimately defending the same thing. Uh, power. Yeah. Uh, the few versus the many. 
okay, even though we are like far from, you know, national fascist chapters everywhere, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. it still feels like a lot of the traits are around. Like, yeah. I feel like I could walk up to almost any average America American and say at least one of those things and it'd be like, yeah. Like, I could just be like, America's the best country. And if I think a lot of people would be like, yeah. I would say that if you're talking about conservatives, American conservatives, mm-hmm. they have several fascistic elements. Mm-hmm. One of them is the hypernationalism. I think that by and large, unless you're talking about like the seven, uh, you know, old school Republicans that are still Alive. centrists or whatever, you know, that yeah, all, <laughs> all eight of them or seven of them, however many <laughs> they don't they are, exist, they don't no, exist. But the mythical moderate Republican, <laughs> you know, outside of those guys. Everyone's pretty much super nationalist, yeah. you know, and they think America should be able to outright, def- you know, defend its interests. Slash go fuck things up. Yeah. Most of them won't say, though, that we're going to, like, straight conquer something. Mm, like, if the end result is we took over a place, isn't that the same thing, Ben? Yeah, I think that they more see it as, like, go you know beat up a country but they don't uh, most of them don't really want to like add territory no that's what i'm saying no but you're still like exploiting our country you're still oh, yeah like, they want to do doing that. war they're they really do, into war they want to do war like you know aggressive wars to expand imperialism i would say mm-hmm. so we're just uh, that's that's imperialism by another name well yeah so we're talking about like you know neoliberalism or, mm-hmm. or like you know, just economic imperialism. Yeah, that I would, I would very much say, like maybe the modern fascist modern fascist version. Of, yeah, yeah, the modern fascism has moved more beyond. Uh, let's put our flag here. Yeah, and geographic. Let's, yeah. let's take their resources. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and now it's just let's let's send in our companies to hyper exploit them and let's back that up with guns. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. I would say that. So yeah, I guess that that was my thought. Like hearing that list a couple of times now, it's like there's a lot of it out there. I'm not saying that like maybe maybe it's not the same terms. Maybe it's not the same. You know, like some people aren't there saying like we are the fascist party. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying there's a lot of it in the air. So what would you say, or how could we identify then what's fascist enough? Like yeah, to, what's to, the line? You know, like because. <laughs> We, we were talking about there's all these elements and you can have some of them, mm-hmm. but is it like a checklist of like, if you have five or more, then you're a fascist, you know, like, and then which one of those, like we just said with uh, imperialism or with, with taking over stuff versus just dominating, which ones need updating? Like modern day, they're not going to go out there and say, let's well, go conquer. Yeah. Or let's go wipe out this race or whatever. But if they're doing something that is actively, you know, racially genocidal in terms of like let's say mass incarceration yeah yeah that's the thing like that is still there or just the coded language of race too is absolutely it's it's you know it's very rare i mean not rare unfortunately because we live in the south but (laughs) (laughs) but it's uh fairly rare to meet someone who just like straight up says like white people are better it is coded racism Mm -hmm. and and they know how to like twist it so it sounds quote-unquote reasonable yeah Um, same thing with like you know, oppressing just marginalized groups in general. They'll make all these, like, even, I was reading this on Twitter, even the term gender critical makes it sound like you have unique critiques to say and, like, it's a it's a thought process. What does that mean? Oh, it's TERFs. <laughs> Don't worry, it's just TERFs. TERFs. Oh, uh, so people who are saying, like, people, gender... Uh, gender essentialist is another term, which mm. I think is a little more accurate. 
Um, but people, people, the kind of people are like, well, we can't let trans people in sports. We can't, you know, the people who are. Oh, so critical, like gender is critical, like it's important. Or so the full term is, um, I think the full term is gender critical theorist, maybe GRT. Oh, they tried to get some CRT I know. action. Okay. Or maybe it's just gender critical, but it, it's even the idea of putting that on the pedestal of like, you know, academic thought of like, yeah. oh, I'm just asking questions. Yeah. Like. It's really disingenuous, you know? It's like, okay, your thoughts all suck and are terrible. That's, yeah, I think, so some of you may be frustrated. Like, okay, yeah, we get it. We don't need to draw a fine line about and hyper-categorize mm-hmm. everything. That's a good point is that, you know, all those gender critical people or whatever you want to call them suck, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they have bad ideas. They could they could be changed, I guess, you know? They could They could... You could you could reform them in some way and, and get them to be good people again, but right now they're supporting shitty things. Even if they are a good person, they're supporting a shitty thing. Same with this fascist stuff. It's like you don't have to figure out specifically to what degree people are fascist. Like, yeah, you don't matter. have to check every box, but right. it's like, well, your ideas are bad. Yeah, what you're advocating <laughs> right now sucks. Like, it, you know, it doesn't really matter specifically should I call you a fascist or not. Like, it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, all of it. I think that's that's <laughs> fair. Okay, so next question. Why is it that communists are always against fascists? Don't get me wrong. I'm very glad that we are. <laughs> but what is behind that, like, essential conflict? Is it, is it still, is it just, like, the class antagonism versus class cooperation? Is that the main crux, you think? No, it's not so, it's not so much just a disagreement on policy. Lots of people disagree with fascist policy. Um, it's, but a lot of people just fucking roll over and take it. <laughs> well, yeah, but a lot of people don't perceive themselves as being the main enemy of fascists. So... Who's always fighting the racists? It's uh, oppressed races, right? Mm-hmm. It's people of color. Uh, who's always fighting uh, the sexists? It's oppressed genders, mm-hmm. right? Or who's always uh, fighting imperialism? It's colonized people. It's, who's going to fight the fascists? It's the people who the fascists want to exterminate. Mm-kay. You know, who are the barbarians at the gates? From their perspective, it's us. It's us. You know, we're so. the baddies, <laughs> <laughs> and we. We take them at their word when they go out there and they say, hey, communism is coming to destroy us. We need to do whatever we can to fight the Bolshevik threat. Well, hey, we're the Bolshevik threat. Like, <laughs> okay. We're always going to be fuck. like, well, fuck these guys because they call us their enemies. You know? Yeah. That's so interesting. Like in, like I, I get that from a historical perspective because like those were two rising ideas at the time. Mm-hmm. But like today, I think the, the definition of communism is so fucked in like the general public <laughs> that they don't even know who they're aiming at you know what i mean you mean the fascists would say, like neo-fascists they think everything's communist and you're like that's cute that's yeah. a fucking democrat <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh commandante joe biden yeah you know? exactly <laughs> yeah uh if yeah if we had the fantasy version of comrade you know, bernie sanders yeah. is openly communist would be insane <laughs> as if the democratic party were what they imagine it to be be beautiful. That'd be rad. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it is that we, you know, we perceive that they're the enemy. We also just can, communists can clearly see that these guys are, you know, terrible. Like yeah, I mean, list the traits again. We're against all those things. Yeah, like the, it's <laughs> fundamentally opposed to us. Like, and, and you can get into arguments, like we said, in terms of methods and whatever. Okay, you know, some, t- some communists are authoritarian. Would, some yeah. communists, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of like the list again. Hopefully your communists aren't like sexist and oppressing people, but it no, has happened. You have individual instances <laughs> of it, but as an ideology, you don't. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. You can have nationalist communists. 
Yeah, and for but, sure, mm, that is in a different context. It's in the context of national liberation versus exactly, yeah, you know, versus conquering territory. <laughs> yeah, that's not really yeah. their their bag. Yeah, so degrees. It's just, yeah, but it's they're diametrically opposed to us. You know, it's yeah, it's they want Jedi close. and Sith. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> there know. are good guys and bad guys in this one. <laughs> yeah, and again, it is just people doing good and bad things, or, mm-hmm. or supporting good and bad things, or whatever. But. You know, there's a, there's a right side and a wrong side. Uh, from our perspective, their perspective is the complete They're opposite, right, yeah. and it's wrong. But like, <laughs> it's a matter of belief, I guess. Like, that's an interesting thing. Is yeah, that's that's <laughs> it is interesting. Like, they have to think they're right on yeah, some level. They do. I mean, a few of them probably are like, no, I'm just doing this. <laughs> I'm <it's> very bad. <laughs> evil. <laughs> yeah, nobody. I mean, it's a classic. Like Hitler didn't think he was evil thing, but like, I think. I think that requires again that that inherent distrust and and dis, disbelief not like they don't exist but like a very negative view of people as a whole cuz to think that like oh they need someone in charge they're you know they're too stupid to do it themselves that kind of thing you know what i mean Oh, their kind of degrading way of looking at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it requires that. It requires a, a lack of empathy in a a very narcissistic personality, frankly. Yeah. It, Unless you're yeah. like a happy little worker part of the fascist machine. But if you're if you're the trying to be the next fascist dictator, I think you got to be a little bit. You really do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you are on the one hand saying, right. Uh, Everyone else is stupid. Well, not that. <laughs> it's that, you know, the world is this vast jungle and, you know, it's mm-hmm. just weird animals and and it's just it's just a brutal struggle for survival as mm-hmm. as um malatesta was describing yeah like, this isn't the case but here's what people say you know that that's what the fascists say <laughs> you know and um and they stop there but they also say but i i can fix it yeah i alone <laughs> can fix it i'm the one uh and mussolini definitely had this kind of grandeur thing interestingly employment wise he was an elementary school teacher Oh, got to watch out for those. <laughs> yeah. He's just a teacher. Right. Got to give those guys guns. <laughs> the ignoble profession. Yeah. <laughs> so fellow teacher, fellow young socialist. Damn. Yeah. But he took his wrong turn, I think, before. I, I made it past the dangerous Mussolini. <laughs> okay, age, good, good. So. <laughs> You're free and clear. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about how to identify. We pulled out the Pokédex. We've talked about... <laughs> why we're against it but like how do you deal i guess with fascists like what do you do maybe not to like because again it's it's rare to meet someone who goes like all right i'm a fucking fascist (laughs) but how do you how do you refute fascist arguments maybe would be a better way to put it fascist tendencies Mm, okay because if you see a fascist just just punch them and move away like we said yeah 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 out and out fascists said i think just don't yeah they shouldn't exist tactically okay so i mean but in the short term, you do have to deal with openly. You have to deal with neo-fascist mm-hmm. organizations, whether mm-hmm. they're calling themselves that or not. You still have to, de- you know, those exist. Those do exist. Okay. And you know, one thing I think that has a lim- limited effectiveness, but somewhat effective, is just kind of you, you know, using and and passing as weak as they are uh, laws and stuff like even working with liberals like liberals yeah. are pretty stupid in a lot of ways like they, they don't they don't you know we don't support them uh but we'll they, <laughs> yeah they have enough sense to see like literal fascism is bad most mm-hmm. of the time and in terms of like 
the very, very bad parts that like hate, hate speech or inciting mm-hmm. violence, liberals can be prodded into doing something about, right? And yeah. you can at least take the very, you know, the most barbaric edges off of off of these uh, fascist groups. Not of the groups, but like their ability to do things. You can, you know, box them up a little bit. Yeah, make okay. it harder for them to like openly collaborate on the internet and shit like that. Yeah, and, and I think that would be fine. It's not enough, obviously. It's also not uh, great because, I mean, that, that definitely gets used on us, too. Yeah, that's the downside <laughs> is you don't... And it's... So, an annoying thing about liberals is they're they kind of hang up on free speech or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, they, they, they might not can be used in that sense, but that does kind of help protect us against going too far, trying to get these fascists, and like you said, getting it turned on us. Yeah, yeah. So Because... That's the thing with a lot of things. Um, the HUAC, it, mm-hmm. its its predecessor or whatever, its origins was going after a pro-Nazi <laughs> activity in, in World War II. So yeah, like uh, they, they always turn that right on around and say, Ooh, well, yeah. what about those commies? You know? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, what's fascinating about that is, yeah, there there is that constant, uh, what people see as like a push and pull between free speech and... And being able to say whatever the fuck you want, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but those are on internet platforms that are privately owned. So, like, there ha- there are rules, you know? Like, yeah. I-, I think that's really interesting when we decide to get pissy about free speech. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you know, I-, I guess then you end up in the sad state of, like, you know, bringing your human sacrifice to appease the 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 high priest uh, Zuckerberg or whatever mm. to, to come please come save us yeah know. yeah no you don't really sure. want to rely on them to <laughs> I mean you want to nationalize that shit you want you want to just, yeah yeah you know, I mean the internet should be a short term nationalize it long term just take it over by the people but like that should be mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh, but if, yeah if you want a more future society example if the internet were run by the people, there would still be rules of conduct on it designed by the people to be like, yeah. hey, you can't like just say that. Yeah. That's not okay. And be enforced by what? The worker state or by the people, the masses, yeah. the commune, right? And and then you get into our hangups on democracy, which we'll have mm-hmm, to get into. Mm-hmm. It's like, what happens when those are bad? But in general, the masses are going to decide like, hey, were you an asshole on there? We're going <laughs> to stop you? you from doing that. Okay, one way or no the other. more accounts for you. You get your internet taken away. Yeah, like that, there, there has to be something. Has yeah. to. But uh, refuting more fascistic arguments or whatever. Mm-hmm. What context do we want? Like, is it a friend or is it it's like... Tough. Someone online, so someone online, it's like okay to make you your could, you points. Do it. Like, yeah, I, I feel like it's if you're of... really concerned with like the missionary work of saving souls or whatever, like you know, <laughs> I really want to reform this person. Okay, you know, you'll have to take that kind of persuasive tact and all that. Yeah, and we've talked about that before in like talking to a liberal or you know, talking to anti-communists, basically trying to help get them on your side or get them to stop hating you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, only do that if you have the fucking energy and oh, yeah. and the willingness to understand, like, you're probably shouting in, into a wall, you know? And it's, yeah, it's it's not... I don't know. This is a little bit of a divide between, like, anarchists and uh, Marxist-Leninists, at least, um, or orthodox Marxists, is that uh, 
anarchists, at least in the classical sense, say like essentially we do need to go convert everyone to yeah to anarchism or convert lots of people to it. Yeah. Uh, whereas communists basically say the class struggle will play out. We'll convince we'll people it. through that, or they won't be convinced. You know. So I kind of fall on that side as like your proselytizing is kind of it's it's like useful small scale and. It's useful to you, to your conscience, to say, yeah. like, I tried to do something for this person. Yeah. <laughs> but it's probably not going to sway the whole thing. Like, no. whereas the fascists are very narcissistic, I'm very not. Like, I don't <laughs> think that I can really sway things that much. You know, I'll try. We're trying. We're trying. But <laughs> I don't think that it really is going to be the determining factor. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, in an internet context, it's... Most, I mean, honestly, most likely not going to work because people, I mean, it's been talked about a lot. They get this fucking bravado when they're anonymous that they mm-hmm. say shit like, I have been told to get sterilized on the Washington Post comment section. Wow. <laughs> so people say some shit. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, no reasoning with those kinds of people. There's just no, there's not a lot you can do. If you want to try to engage, you absolutely can. But like, it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of like willingness to drop it if it gets like kind of scary or whatever. Like yeah. you gotta be smart about it, is what I would say. And one kind of alternative tactic, <laughs> kind of the dark side tactic, is understanding that most times when people come to a debate, they have their position, mm-hmm. they hear out the debate, and they end up with stronger in their position. Right? They just like, yeah. They have it, a, this confirms what I wanted to believe. Yeah, it hypes them up. Yeah. Uh, so you can just go in knowing you're just going to pump up the troops, right? So yeah. <laughs> go in, make the coolest pro-communist arguments you can, <laughs> and just play to the crowd and play to your own side and be like, hey, we're communists, we're dope, we're cool. You know, yeah. like, do that. Understand that you're not going to convince this person. You're really just, like, hyping up your own side. Do that. I mean, hey, we need propaganda. Uh, we need Fuck it. I'll like propaganda. it. <laughs> I mean, honestly. I'll support you. Yeah. Yeah. So in person, I think it depends on the degree, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if they're saying some really fucked up stuff, like again, you gotta consider safety, and yeah, you gotta be like, all right, I need to disengage this person. It's not a great move for me right now. Uh, but if they just say something, like let's give the example earlier, like America's the best country, you can be like, all right, why? <laughs> you know, like like we've talked about with our liberal episode, like ask questions, be mm-hmm. engaged, uh, try to draw out where these thoughts come from, and see like what kind of sources they're working with, because a lot of people are working with like my fifth grade history class you know yeah so i think kind of the same sort of rules apply what do you think i would agree yeah um i don't think for the most part that people ever feel themselves to be in a deficit of facts mm-hmm. so sources to me yeah yeah is, maybe not yeah it more gets people on the defensive or makes them think that you think that they're stupid or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think you're right to say like ask questions and not so much focus on just asking questions, but getting them to ask questions like of their own. Where yeah. did I, where did I come up with that sort of thing? You know, yeah, getting them to kind of question that because that's a big part of it. I mean, fascism sort of relies on an obedience on just a, a receiving. Yeah. 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 And I think I, again, not to point fingers, but this does sound a lot like converting liberal episode, but you know, <laughs> take from that what you will. The goal doesn't have to necessarily be to fully convert, you know, one conversation, they're a communist. Like, that's very unlikely unless you have a very wishy-washy friend. Yeah, someone else <laughs> is going to talk to them next week. <laughs> the next person they run into, yeah. they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> 
But it's it's more to question their belief system or at least get them to like bump up against some things that you're like, hmm, yeah, that is kind of uncomfortable. So that the next time an issue comes up, maybe they'll they'll like think about it more critically. Yeah. So And really like it's a frustrating part of the conversation to be in whenever you're kind of trying to point out like, hey, so, I mean, but this has bigger implications than what you're saying. Like this, you know, ends up kind of racially determinate sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're trying to point that out as nicely as you can or whatever. It's very frustrating because a lot of times they'll be like, well, no, 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 no. Like I, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm not not trying to say anything racist. I don't believe in that or whatever, but just like getting them to say that in association with that belief, I think makes them like kind of, does fire off a neuron that's like oh that belief is associated with people saying it's racist and and that kind of like i don't know that's not a good look (laughs) get a good person that will bother them that Mm -hmm. will be like why like why does it why is that associated with you know and and that kind of like plants a questioning an uncertainty and again you you know some people cannot be shaken some people don't have enough uncertainty and they're like i don't know i'm a very uncertain person so i see it as a good thing but like you're not going to convert someone if they have so much certainty in them. And you, you just can't do it. You just it. can't. It won't. Yeah. It won't happen. But if they do have it, then that may bear fruit later. <laughs> it's it a long not, game. But, it's yeah. a very long game. And that's the thing I think you said, you know, only do this if you have the energy. I only do it if you have the energy, if it matters to you, if this person changes I think, yeah. or not. If, if you interact with this person on a regular basis, like that would probably be worth the investment, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's <laughs> how good of a person are you? Like, I got to be honest, like, even though, you know, probably the, the best, the most saintly path would be to try to do this to everyone you encounter. <laughs> Whoa. Right? There's Jesus and everyone or whatever. Like, sure. Okay. But I'm probably only going to actually do this to people that are in my immediate circle, people who I have a vested interest in trying to, like, see that they, you know, aren't doing bad things in their life. But also, like, that makes sense. Like, you're more likely to listen to a friend than a fucking stranger, you know? Yeah. There you go. Tips. We did it. <laughs> Tips on... <laughs> we defeated fascism! <laughs> but how to defeat fascism, big Big, big picture. picture is to do communism. <laughs> yes, do com- it's essentially organize, right? Yeah. Uh, build the structures you need to uh, defeat capitalism. Yeah. Use do- liberals with caution. Yeah, you They're definitely gonna fucking turn on you. Well, cuz eventually you're going to turn on them one way yeah. or the other, right? One of us is going to fuck over the other one. It's fine. <laughs> this is a friends with benefits and then unbenefits situation. Frenemy. Frenemy. Yeah. That's probably the better word for And it. they also hate you at the same time. It's like fine. it's you got to understand that if you're working with liberals, there they do not like... If you are known to them as a socialist or a communist or an anarchist, they also hate you. They will... They're using you. Yeah. You know, for sure. They're uh, counting you to show up and fucking vote. Yeah. Never get it twisted with those guys. Um, Can I tell you a really gross vote, just vote story I saw on oof, Twitter? Yeah. So I read this tweet about like a woman who was a mom in the uh, Uvalde shooting mm-hmm. and... It was like this whole thing, like, oh, she was like an illegal immigrant and she got arrested for showing up there. But she like busted out and went and knew where her daughter's classroom was and like yeah. saved her. And then like I was like looking at the comments because I'm a diseased person. That's, um, that's like Chernobyl to me. I do, I do it all not. the time. It's horrible. Wow. I finally stopped looking at my own comments on things because I just I can't. Yeah. Um, in big enough circles, it's just not a good call. Um, but yeah, a few a few posts or a few comments down there was 
course in a Ukrainian flag color with a sunflower uh, said, <laughs> I bet this woman votes correctly too. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I was like, well, did you see the part where she's an illegal immigrant? I don't think she can she vote. She cannot vote. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Liberals. Yeah. You take a story about literally saving your daughter's life from a gunman and go to and say, also, she votes. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Votes for people who won't do anything about this. For real. For real. <laughs> it was fascism, so it was always going to end in a downer. But... Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but we definitely did our traditional coda. Mm-hmm. Patented, <laughs> sad ending. Uh Okay. Anything else? No. That was a lot. No. <laughs> Just yeah. no. No, nothing. No else. more questions. That's questions it. are closed. Okay, great. What are we doing next week? Next week we're going to do a discussion about democracy. Alright, we've been dancing around this one for a while. Yeah, I feel like it comes up at the edges all the time. It's the World War One of ideology. <laughs> World War One has gotta be like the biggest <laughs> I mean, World War II was also consequential, but I mean, World War One really kicked shit into gear. Everything pop off. Yeah. What the fuck? It was. I bet a lot of time travelers go back to World War One to <laughs> make I it, it happen. I don't know. But then they end up just making it more impactful. Yeah, no, no. So like, some of them go to like try to change it, but then other ones are constantly going to like put it to back because it makes it worse in mm, some way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Half of the people who died time in World travel. War One were just time, time travelers, travelers. <laughs> trying to fix it or. <laughs> change it in some way that's very good that's my head canon um, I like it yeah so we'll be talking about democracy and like is it good uh, yeah to what so I'm gonna say that I'm pro democracy <laughs> I am gonna say that now but I'm what pro, if I change my mind next week I'm pro mass democracy I'm mm, pro there's a certain everybody kind. yeah like direct participatory democracy that sort of thing yes that's my opening stance I'm gonna be reading we'll on it some more to like sharpen it and mm-hmm, figure it out and mm-hmm. then we're both gonna come at this it's not like a report on any side we're both gonna come with this kind of with questions discussion sort of about what do we, what do we do is with it, democracy yeah well yeah. how do we do this thing what are its i feel like we're not going to say is it good but like what are its pros and cons mm-hmm. or like pitfalls how to avoid them what kind of uh, good society can we build and how democratic will that look i guess yeah sounds great all right great let's finish this bottle of wine that i brought Hell yeah. We might cart some Mario's or something. Oh, yes, please. (laughs) All right. uh, See you guys later. All right. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. 
Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.